Jeff Ogilvy survives Wingfoot. Now the moment Aaron Bradley has waited. Curry Webb is the five-time Australian Open champion. Golf at its best by one of the best in golf, Peter Thompson. Stand in front of a crowd like this today and win the PGA Championship is pretty special. He's done it at last. Greg Norman. his name on the Stonehaven Cup. Leash been to 11 under. Now we've got a new leader, kids. Here is Adam Scott. A life changer. Coming up next, you have unrestricted access to golf across Australia and the world. Thanks to Golf Australia, we're going inside the ropes. Subscribe now on iTunes or your favourite podcast app or head to golf.org.au. G'day everybody, welcome to the show, it is Inside the Ropes, episode number 91, not far away from raising the bat, very excited about that, I wonder whether we're going to get nervous in the 90s, I don't feel that way today, Annie Marr here alongside Martin Blake and Justin Falconer, good afternoon to you boys. Afternoon, Murray. Hello Andy. Big show coming up, Matt Griffin's going to join us, 100th playing in the New Zealand Open, a man who's got his name on the trophy already, and Dowie Choi is going to join us, uh, one of the rising young stars in the female game. Yeah, Dowie, Dowie's playing in Canberra this week uh, at an ALPG event there, and she's also about to uh, go into a couple of big amateur events, which Justin and I can talk about as well. So she's f- a cracker, cracker girl. Well, there's so many coming through. And I mentioned your video, Justin, that you largely were responsible for putting together during the Australian Women's Open with Kari Webb. But for people like Dowie Choi and that generation, the, the, the age profile of that generation coming through, as much as they're, I'm sure, aware of Kari Webb and still love watching her play, it's Minji Lee, to a large degree, is the to a large degree who is the standard bearer um, for this next crop coming through. And if they want extra motivation to see just how far you can go when you learn your craft in this nation, um, they got another bit of pep in the step after what she's been able to do this week. I think it was hazy at the Vic Open uh, prior to Minji's press conference. She, he asked Minji about winning the Greg Norman Medal and said, "You're sort of." you've become that level of, like, you would have looked up to Adam Scott, Jason Day, all those others a few years ago, but now you're kind of in that echelon. Does that feel weird to you? And she talked about, you know, it's actually quite a cool. She hadn't really thought about it, but, yeah, you're right. She's definitely, you know, she's elevated world number three now, obviously, so. So it's, it's amazing. Area Jatanagan, Sun Hyung Park, and Minji Lee. That's it's it. pretty impressive, isn't it? You see the um, arrow alongside her name in the right, going, heading in the right direction. It's pretty exciting. So she was runner-up in the LPGA Thailand, Andy. I mean, she lost by a shot to Amy Yang, who has a strong connection with Australia as well, but plays out of South Korea. Minji shot 66 on the last day. The last hole, I was watching it live. You, you might have been as well, Justin. I'm not sure. She needed a birdie because it was a par five and she was playing with Amy Yang. She was a shot behind. Amy Yang had holed an absolute bomb on the 16th to go a shot ahead. And Minji hit two sensational shots. Great drive, great five iron onto the green. She's got about, I suppose, 12 feet, 15 feet for eagle. Hmm. Amy Yang putts down, so she's going to make a birdie and actually putts out. Uh, so she's made birdie. So she knows Minji knows she needs to make eagle. She left the putt short. Mm. It was the one thing she couldn't do. She left it about two rolls short. So that was unfortunate. She makes birdie, shoots 66. She didn't do a hell of a lot wrong. Mm. So she finishes second again. She's had a few second-place finishes in recent times. She only won once last year, but, you know, we say only. Uh-huh. Um, you know, she had 13 top tens last year. She's already back in the swing now. Uh, the sky's the limit there. 
just feels like she's going to contend every time. She You sort of get a little bit dis, disappointed when you go to your score check on whatever app you're using and you see she's not in the top 10. You kind of feel, oh, she's having a bad week nowadays. It's remarkable how often she puts herself yeah. in contention. And that's something you pointed out in Adelaide and in uh, Bowen Heads as well, Blakey, that she wasn't really – she no. had a C-plus game, you thought, maybe, oh. and she couldn't get the putter to behave, but – you looked at leaderboard and she finished T nineteenth or T twentieth or something like that, mm, and yeah. even with her probably real sort of not her best stuff at all, um, she was still up there. So when she does start playing well, it's she she's just a chance every week. Be interested to see what happens from now on because those two that I mentioned that are at the top, they're both bombers. Mm. They can hit it maybe twenty thirty yards past Minji Lee, so uh, she has to work against that. I was talking to her coach Richie Smith uh, last year, and he said that's probably the the difference, and Minji says that herself, that that's probably the difference between her and the, the real top echelon, but actually she's right in that group now. So yeah. uh, it was interesting over there. There was a big incident, Justin, about, um, you know, backstopping again. It's it's come up with Amy Olsen, the American player, and Eri Jatanagan. Um, Andy, just to fill you in there, mm. um, Jatanagan chipped her ball from behind the 18th green to about three foot from the flag over to the right-hand side. Amy Olsen was waiting to hit her chip. Jatanagan sort of walks as if to say, do you want me to mark that? Stops dead, and Amy Olsen just continues to play. Her chip hit that ball, which knocked Jatanagan's ball away. Gets worse. But stopped Amy Olsen's ball from going any further. They then high-five on the green. (laughs) Can you believe it? So there was a Twitter meltdown about this. There was an absolute maelstrom all around the world. People like Jeff Shackelford, for instance, who's, who's been on the program, very strong on it. Uh, Cameron Percy, Australian pro, very stro- strong on it. Matty Griffin, who we'll talk to later, was quite strong on it. A lot of people thought they should have been disqualified. But there's a bit of context happened since, hasn't there, Justin? Yeah, well, the LPGA put it out a statement pretty quickly saying that there was no penalties to be had. Um, yeah. No collusion. No collusion was their thing, and that the incident had occurred in an attempt to speed up pace of play, mm. which... I found extraordinary. And then Amy, obviously there was a lot of people on Twitter getting rolled up and people probably rightly or wrongly accusing Amy in area of certain things. And then Amy came out and defended herself. Um, and it's all sort of blown over now, but yeah, she was, she was quite upset actually because yeah. people, people were calling her a cheat and you know, that's, that's the modern world, isn't it? With, with social media, it's possible mm. for people to do that. I mean, what happened, Andy? There was a uh, uh, Michelle Wee was playing the same group, and she'd asked for a, uh, a, a ruling, ruling from, and they were waiting for a, um, a, ju- a, a rules official to come over. Um, so, and they'd been, I think they'd been on the clock about a hole earlier, so they, they were struggling to kind of keep up time. So she felt that she should play, and she's put all that out in context. She addressed it really well in yep. an inter- interview yep. with Peter Peter Donigan. Um, so I think a lesson's been learnt, and uh, hopefully, you know, the players can move on from this because it, it keeps cropping up. Uh, there was one, actually one in Mexico. Actually, it might have been in Puerto Rico Open as well over the weekend, which where the balls didn't hit, but it was actually a ball left behind the hole. So it's, it's just, happening quite a bit. It, it's not, look, to say, I think it's I think it's a bit of a stretch to call it blatant cheating. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But, it, but it's definitely giving... It's the breaking pl- the rules. It is, it is. And, you know, the pace of play thing is you scoff... 
at it, and rightfully so. The people who um, are defenders of this will often say, "No, oh, what do you want me to do if I've hit it to six feet, you know, from eighty yards? You want me yeah. to run up and make?" Well, no, no is the answer to that. But when you're on the fringes of the green, yeah, it was on and the you, fringe. Well, and you're playing, you know, those sorts of shots, it would have taken all of five or six seconds for that ball to get marked from the point where the player was asked to just stop because the next player was about to play. It, it, that is not slowing the game of golf down. That is being fair to the field. And out of respect to every single player, other than the other one or two in your group, of course you should be putting a marker on that ball and picking it up. But just because of these exact because of these exact situations. So it, what do we do? Do we do we well, do the two a, speak a, to the player? There's a rule. <laughs> yeah. I I just couldn't believe it when I saw it, and then to hear that she come out and that was her defence was the pace of play thing, mm. and either either players like Amy just don't know the rules of the sport they're playing, or they just don't care. Mm. And it kind of looked the first time I saw it when with the high five. I mean, if what they did before the high five before she actually hit wasn't collusion, I don't know what you got to do to collude because like area. Grabs her putter and start takes two steps, looks over at Amy and just stopped, Amy's off camera. So I don't know mm. whether there's a wider shot of it somewhere, but anyway, mm. and it, it looks like they have a conversation and then Eric goes up, oh, okay. And just stands there and waits on our golf bag. Yeah. And then Amy's cuts to Amy and she's having two practice swings and is ready to hit. Well, clearly collusion, there needs to be more, according to the LPJ tour, there needs to be more engagement for it to constitute collusion. Of course, of course yeah. they do. Um, uh, well, you know what? It's at times, like, we'll talk to Matty Griffin about this later, but yes. it's at times like this where the rules officials and those governing the game are the game's worst enemy at times because it, there are safeguards in there to protect other players in the field and uh, too often they don't get... Uh, policed, you know, slow play is, you know, probably the greatest area of the game. And you watch, I guarantee you, some player will get pinged for slow play on the PGA Tour sooner rather than later. And it'll be some battling, you know, journeyman or some kid that no one's ever heard of. And it'll be um, it'll be a warning shot across the bow of every other player, and it'll give the PJ Tour the opportunity to say, "Look, we are serious about pace of play. Look what we did in the blah blah Open or the whatever tournament they decide to ping someone for." But it will never be, it will never be a JB Holmes or no. one of the frontline guys who's winning tournaments because for some reason they don't like kind of ruffling the feathers of the. Bigger name players for whatever particular reason. We seem to talk about rules a lot. And we th- do. Th- there's an incident involving Ricky Fowler in the WGC Mexico tournament as well, mm. wasn't there, Justin? Where he, he actually shanked a ball out of bounds, and he was clearly he was annoyed with himself, or, or shocked, or embarrassed, as as you are when you hit a shank, which I I'm very familiar with. <laughs> <Right>. And <laughs> should ban he, that word he, being he obviously on the, the S word. Let's just say, yeah, the, just S say word. the S word. Yeah. Um, he had to take a drop. And he forgot about the knee-high drop, so he did an old-school drop from his shoulder, and he was pinged a shot there. So I can't believe so you would still do that. I can't believe that That's Ricky Fowler would have had crazy. a thousand people watching him. It's some one person. Don't like, do it, just do Ricky. It. And like to not even think of the. I'd, it's it. It it's is staggering. Amazing. It's staggering <laughs> that he would have been because he would have been the arm dangle. You don't know, just lift the arm, drop. Yeah. You put the arm out, and you're looking for the best spot to drop it on. You, you, even from the yeah. shoulder, you're trying to do that. Somebody had to have seen it. I mean, they scream the out of the drop of a hat in America. Yeah, the caddy says that. Yeah, but it, the imbeciles on the other side of the ropes over there are screaming all yeah. the time. Why don't they use one of their stupid, <laughs> loud American voices for good rather than stupidity for once upon a you're time? You're the man. Yeah, exactly, all of that. The, dro- the change in the dropping rule, which is, I reckon has been arguably the most controversial among people on yes. Twitter and things like that, 
I don't really understand why. Like people are so outraged and offended that they have to now <laughs> drop from the knee, yeah. and people say it looks ridiculous. Like, I just don't. It, who cares? I mean, Left handers look ridiculous. It's like, <laughs> what's what's wrong with dropping it from down here? Yeah, and, no. and people are like they need to change that rule back. And I mean, is it? They're it, not going to change it now. It's. Cr- I just don't understand what's wrong with the knee high drop. No, yeah. there's nothing wrong. Like with the dropping knee. it out here looks pretty silly as well. But I mean, that's just what you've been doing, so yep. everyone's fine with it. I think that's what we used to do. Hang on, dropping it over the before we dropped <laughs> yeah, it over the back. Crazy. That's the most ridiculous thing you've ever seen. I drop yeah. it over my back, over my shoulder. Drop it on my backside. It's ridiculous, mate. <laughs> exactly. Right, uh, go on. Back. Dustin Johnson yes, won boys. that by five shots in Mexico. Uh, he's 20th to a win, which gives him a career exemption, not that he's in danger of <laughs> losing yeah. his card. Look, he's 30, what do you think about Dustin? He's, he's like when he's on, he's just, he may well be the best out there when he's on. I'm, I'm not sure. I think if yeah. Hug, John Hagen was here now, he'd say, no, it's Rory McElroy, but. Uh, Dustin, when he's on, yeah. I but mean, do you either of you two mm-hmm. and anyone listening, when you close your, when you go, who's the best golfer on the planet? Forget about world golf rankings, right? Don't just forget about rankings. When you close your eyes and you're trying to go, who is the best player on the planet? Best male player on the planet? Does anyone think of Dustin Johnson? Not you. He gets like third or fourth. Do you know what I mean? Like he will never, in my mind, be the best player on the planet. I, I don't know. I can't exactly explain why I think that. I think he's a monster and it's, it's. I mean, he is a we master. We this one, keep this one aside. What do you mean? <laughs> just to play it back for but you. But do you know what he, I mean? When like he wins three majors. masters three years in a row. I just, I just, I think I will always be able to find a handful, if not more players who I think are just better golfers I than guess Dustin what, Johnson. I guess what you're getting at is that maybe he feels like he's underachieved he, a little bit. Now, no, that, no, it's not that. I, I feel like he is the product of the modern – he's like a great product of the modern game. He is an unbelievable athlete. He's got awesome power. He has got equipment that allows him to hit that massive fade um, without any – because there's no spin on his ball. That, that TPX5 doesn't spin, and he's got a driver that doesn't spin. So he can just launch that ball safely down the left half, cut it back in just through the natural kind of arc of his swing. And when he's on, like he's overpowering. And that's what he does. He kind of overpowers the game. But I don't ever think that if it was, you know, all things being equal in a pure test of all aspects of golf, (laughs) I feel like there's always going to be – like a few, if not more, players who are just better than him. But- I think I think that's a comment as well on the state of the men's game, probably for the last five years, maybe. Because you could ask people, a crowd of people who's the best player in the men's game. You get probably at least five different answers. Mm. Rory, I'd say Kepka, Rose, Brooks, Kepka. Well, Kepka's a bit the same, I, mean, I guess. Because of his majors performance. I, I wouldn't think Bruce. I don't think uh, Brooks Kepka's ever going to be the one that I jump out at. I don't. I don't think it's a definitive answer. Yeah, there's probably not. I'm probably making a really bad argument. No, case four. I know what you mean, though. Do you know what I mean? He's got 20 wins. He's won every season since 2008. Should be without question. He's only won one major. That's part of the problem. He kind of won two, but sort of had to give one back, didn't he? He's been shockingly unlucky. Yeah. Uh, Rory McIlroy was was second. Oh, hang on. We're burying the lead, aren't we, from Mexico? Yeah, probably. We aren't. We haven't even talked about. I mean, I know the bloke won it by five. But if you follow social media, <laughs> Tigers won by 10, and it was all because of that bunker shot he hit. I mean, look. The cover drive. Yeah, the cover drive. It was just, you know, Dustin Johnson will never be able to play that shot. No. Ever. Oh, I like that. Yeah, I like he that. He will never play that shot. Mm, probably. 
He'll never play the sort of shots that Phil can play. The creativity he'll never, stuff. No, he'll never have the – I know Sergio's not everyone's cup of tea at the moment, but he'll never have the full range that a guy like McElroy or Garcia have got in their kit bag. But, that, I mean, there's very few people on the planet who could do what Tiger Woods did out of that pot. I mean, it's one I've, of the most I've, extraordinary shots that you'll see all year. Well, he had to hit a massive cut on her, and he's in a bunker, you know, a fairway bunker. So I've always worked on the assumption that they're not going to move the ball much out of a bunker, basically. <laughs> uh, but he moved it a lot. Was, the fact that he hit that shot as well is what also made it, you know, go around the world. And the photo, yeah, the photos as well helped with the sand coming up. Um, a finishing pose. Yeah, you know, that shot oh, where the, I hated was, the follow through, but I love it when he does that stuff. But I hated that follow through. Well, <laughs> it's just too much. It's just theatre, isn't no, it? It's ridiculous. It's theatre. Someone posted a, a, a photo, side by side photo on Twitter of an Indian cricketer playing a, like a forward <laughs> yes. defence. That, that's what it kind of looked like. It was it, great form. It was amazing. So, um, what did you make of um, Brandel's comments about oh, what's he said? This Tiger's time? game plan. He said he was too conservative. He said effectively the fact that he was wasn't prepared to go there and hit driver. He was sort of forfeiting the opportunity to win. That's paraphrasing, but he said the Tigers' game plan that he took down there, which was obviously not hitting driver off most tees, yeah. meant that Tiger would have known that he couldn't win that week. It's really interesting. I think it's a really interesting comment because uh, McElroy and DJ, it's quite a tight course by mm. all accounts. So tight Tiger has really clearly tees. gone there with that that idea that he's going to hit his stingers off the tee, you know, and in the high uh, altitude, it'll go a long way. Mm. Um, But the other boys just go, okay, I'm going to attack this. Brain it over the trees. DJ shoots 21 under and he's hitting driver, hitting it over the trees. Rory's hitting onto, you know, driving it onto 350 yard Mm. greens, that sort of stuff. So interesting. Maybe, maybe it was a tactical error. You know, I didn't, I thought that was just an interesting comment. Uh, Cameron Mm. Smith, Finished still finished tied, tied, tied he was still finished tied, he was sort of in the 10. mix uh, until the last day and then he got, mm. got pushed down a bit but he's up to number 24 in the world Cameron Smith ahead of Spieth at 25 yeah he's that's his career high uh, world number 24 Cameron that's, Smith. yeah that's interesting it's interesting for both of them really yeah the commentators yeah. starting to mention him a bit more just sort of starting to acknowledge him a bit more which yeah. has probably been some time coming there was an interesting Twitter spat about that wasn't there with uh, Luke Elvey uh, U.S. based or Canadian based, one way of putting it. Commentator with Paul Gow, Paul Gow, sort of uh, the uh, longtime pro from Sydney, sort of slapped him down, didn't he? You know, yeah, uh, he did. He did. We, I spoke with Hazy a bit about this in the World Cup, or oh, over the whole summer. Where, really, where, where the Cam Smith's underrated. Well, sort of that last summer felt like Cam Smith's coming out party in a way, particularly to Australian fans. Like he really World Cup. He came down to the Oz yeah. Open and he was okay and was sort of getting into it. And the World Cup playing with Leash. And the way they played on that last day as well, when they went nuts and got within two or three shots, I think at one point, and they did media all week, and it felt like Cam Smith was really getting a sort of identity, especially yeah. in Australia. And so if he goes overseas this year, and it's looking like he's going to, and play really well, um, it's going to be awesome to have a player that's already in the top 25. I mean, he's probably aiming for top 20, top 10 by the end of the year. Yeah. If we can get a guy like Cam Smith in the top 10, it's going to be awesome. Jakey McLeod t- yeah. tied 45th. Yeah, it would have been nice to see this tournament on your traditional um, pay TV providing uh, yes. service, uh, service mm. in Australia. Now, I'm not, I'm not necessarily having a crack here, but um, if you're going to put your hand out for to Australian sports fans and say you are the home sport, um, you've got to have you've got to get your WGC events. They have to be part of the suite, and they have been now. So I don't, I should have um, dug around and found out. I don't know whether either of you two know how they 
have lost those events as part of their... Um, so my understanding is that Golf TV, which is a new operation that we've spoken terrific. about on this something else we've got before, to, something else we've got to get. Uh, yep. have, they have bought the rights right. to the World Golf Championships, which means that they're not on Fox. Uh, so so how do we get it? You've got to pay. Yeah, Chromecast. You just, is there another box we have to get in another remote control? Yeah, you it, you run it on a device, so you can do it on your phone or your laptop, and then you can cast it to your TV, which I just covered. Is that, is that impressive? I'll get you a Chromecast for Christmas, Murray. What are you doing? Mate, I've there, got a there, are, there are there are there. Look, there are Don't so many people listening to you right now who are probably having a coronary. What's <laughs> he talking about? I actually cast I the thing the from golf. my phone to the TV. Well, how do you, what do you mean? We're not fishing here. Like, we're because not... there's a 30-day free trial. So all those listeners out there, Golf TV, 30-day free trial. See yeah, what, what, what I you mean, think. Uh, but, I, you know, I agree. I don't, I don't know why we have to pay more. Are you frustrated more. at Foxtel for losing the Yeah, I am a little bit. Rights? Yeah, I am. And you know what? I know they're trying to steer all sports fans to their – secondary sports provider, or it's going to be their primary sports provider soon, KO, but what, they're going to lose They're going to lose, mm. They're going to lose. a multitude of business. That, but you watch what will happen to KO. Here's, here's the prediction. KO, come back yeah. come back in. So KO is now 25 bucks a year. Is that right? 25 right. bucks a month, I yeah. should say. Yeah. So mm. my Foxtel package, which I must admit I've got all the in it. I watch about four channels on the Foxtel yeah. thing. Yeah. So, um, it's about 120 bucks a month. I've got yeah. the whole shebang right. Once Game of Thrones is finished... I'm walking straight down to my Foxtel dealership, whoever they are, wherever you go. I'm handing my box in. I'm getting my KO, right? So I'm going to be on. Yeah. 25 right. bucks okay. a month. Yeah. Within two years, what do you reckon we'll be paying for KO? 120, I reckon. Oh, there you go. <laughs> That's exactly what will be happening, Blakey. <laughs> they'll be bending us over and they'll be going, you want KO? It's an extra 25 bucks a month now. And that'll happen incrementally over it. And then we'll be back where we started from. Then they'll be... It- they, won't the, have, they still won't have the Premier League. They still won't have the WGC events. They still won't have half the stuff we want to watch anyway. There was a lot of Twitter action at the weekend about that because people turned their television sets on on Friday morning. Like, oh, where, where's it going? We, we got some, uh, actually. I was, I was talking to someone before, and they turned it on. They thought they were watching it. It was actually the Puerto Rico Open. <laughs> Can we just get the Golf Close Channel? Enough. Golf Channel's got everything, right? Oh, that's the dream. Oh, I, I don't know about that. Haven't they got everything? They've Maybe. got Brandall, so we just watch something else when he's on. But watch it on mute. Yeah, or just watch something else. Just They've got me on speed dial. Well, that's what I generally <laughs> right. say. Um, <laughs> Golf that, Channel commentator Martin Blake. <laughs> oh, is that what the is it? I like it. Do you and, do I went on it once. <laughs> <laughs> and and oh, every yeah. time I see Matt Cutler, our sometime co-host, he says, "Oh, Golf Channel been on the phone." You know, oh, there you do, go. You, do you go over to Murray's for Have you game, been on Game, Golf of, Channel? Tr- game of Thrones <laughs> Sunday nights? I, I, that's I'm not. That's not part of my lexicon. Not in your wheelhouse. No. Beg your pardon? I don't watch it. No. There's something wrong with you. <laughs> I actually don't either, but I was certain. You? I would have sworn you. that you would have been yeah, a game thrower. I'm thing. sure I'd like it. I just, yeah, no. What's wrong with you? Too busy watching golf TV. No, no, no. You've got to have a break every now and so again. So Jake McLeod, Toad Footy, yep. Matt Matty Miller, 70th. Well, you spoke to Matt Miller last week. and was, So he picked up 45 grand. Happy days. 70th of 72. Yeah, and he stayed at a seven-star hotel where they've rolled out the red carpet <laughs> and he's done everything, got everything for free, and he's probably picked up a couple of souvenirs and 45 on the way through, so. Did you follow the Puerto Rico? Open? Well, I did, because Bad's had me a bit interested mm, in this. Yeah, yeah. Once again, he um, he led through 54 holes. He's the king of the alternate done, event. He's done a number of those. He, he yeah, loves the alternate. Oh, yeah. Every time. Just yeah. faded on the last day. He actually... Fought back all right towards the end. He he, he lost lost his way, had a few bogeys on the front, front nine on the last day so that he couldn't win, and then he... Rattled in a few birdies at the end, so he ended up finishing tied second, which is which is you know sort of bittersweet for him because 
had a chance to win, didn't get it done. But he's got two top tens now. Mm. He didn't have full rights at the start of the year. Well, he's in a position now where he, he might be able to play his way back onto onto the tour again, definitely uh, more, more more permanently. So, right at the moment, he's fifty ninth in the FedEx. So, and Daniel Nisbet won the Queensland PGA. Yeah, which he's starting to put together a pretty impressive domestic CV, this fella. Like, he he won that by plenty. He won it by six, I think, 24 under. Six shots. It's his third tour win, and he's actually the defending champion in New Zealand this week, which we'll talk to Matty Griffin about a bit later. That'll be a good feeling, I reckon. You've just won, and then you're getting on a plane to go to New Zealand where you're the defending champion. Yeah. That wouldn't happen very often. Just before we get to the break and get to Matty Griffin, can I just have... I'll just say one thing, going back this to is your Aaron weekly winch or something. This is a bit of a rant. I didn't rant. expect that I'd have a rant until I saw this. The PGA Tour, PGA Tour Twitter handle, and I imagine this was put out on other social media platforms, but uh, I do uh, participate on Twitter a bit, um, put out a clip of Aaron Baddeley, who hit a drive on a hole, and this has taken all of six seconds, walked probably four metres to his right-hand side, <laughs> Uh, shook the hand of a kid who was waiting for a photo with him, uh, had the photo with the kid, very little interaction between Baddeley and the kid, and then walked off to go and play second shot. Right, Good on him. Fantastic. Mm. But the PJ Tour has encouraged its players to be so far removed from us, the consumer, uh, the fans of the game, the people who actually keep the thing alive and, and interested, we're the ones who are most interested in it. Uh, they put out a clip of the vision under the headline, this is amazing, amazing in capital letters. Because Aaron Baddeley walked all of eight feet off the direct line to go and have a photo with a kid. And they say, this is amazing. Like, man landing on the moon is amazing. Uh, a heart surgeon <laughs> saving a kid. This is straight out of that the That is amazing. Plate. A professional it is somewhat golfer. of an overstatement of matters. Are you kidding me? But not only is it an overstatement, it goes to, I reckon where the PGA Tour sits, if you compare the access that players give on the European Tour coverage compared to what we get on the PGA Tour coverage, you see more walking, talking interviews now on the European Tour. It's still not nearly enough. It's not nearly enough. But we're st- the, the encouragement of European players to uh, engage on social media is way better. Maybe they've just got more personality. I don't know. But there's a lot more stuff going on out of Europe in terms of letting us know who these people are and getting them to show their personality than we get in America. And if the PJ Tour thinks that's amazing, they've got a long mm. way to go in terms of winning the kind of PR battle and, go- and and bridging the gulf. So what should they do, Andy? Because you, you know, without peeing in your pocket, you broadcast across a number of sports um, Not on, golf on channel, television. Mate. Not golf channels. Not never golf channel. Me. No. I'm, uh, in front, I'm in, just in front of the queue there. there, there, there yeah. I'm, I'm waiting for contract offer, but um, you, you you do this stuff with the cricket and, and the footy. Um, what, what do they need to be doing in well, the modern, modern era? Well, it's a, it's a no, surely it's a no-brainer that in the middle of the Thursday morning to the Sunday afternoon, and you pick your marks, you don't do it after every shot, but surely players, between the hitting of a drive where they've hit it in the middle of the fairway, so you're not going to go and talk to them after they've snap-hooked it into the water, They've hit their drive 300 metres down the middle of the fairway. They're going for a walk. What is wrong with a somebody walking alongside them and saying, how's the round going? How's the swing feeling? How you feel like you're placed? What's working? What isn't? There isn't that should be happening routinely as an absolute bare minimum in golf tournaments. So that way we get to know, at least we get to hear the voices of these people. Now, half of them probably aren't worth listening to anyway, but at least we get to hear a bit 
they get a chance to interact. We get to see them as human beings as opposed to just people hitting golf balls. It breaks up the coverage a bit more. I don't know why that isn't done as part of the course standard in every golf tournament that's on TV everywhere in the world. That, that's an absolute bare minimum, I would have thought. Yeah. Might need to get Roaming Mari for the Vic Open next year, I reckon. Just yep. have him just sort of roaming around the course. And... <laughs> I don't know. People will probably think that I'm um, kidding myself, but I, I just reckon that sort of stuff should happen more often. I will know? say as far as players interacting with um, the fans go, the I noticed it more this year than any other year, especially the LPGA players, the ways they interact with kids in the crowd, all kinds of people in the crowd. Lydia Ko and Madeleine Sagstrom were two players who I reckon I saw them give out half a dozen golf balls each uh, over two, probably over the weekend at the Women's Australian Open. They're like, and Madalena was jumping the fence to walk over like 10 metres and Brilliant. find a kid and Fantastic. give them more. Lydia's a repeat offender. She gives balls, everything to people all over the place. And Hannah Green was talking to these two kids. Uh, they were following her for half a round and she was talking to them on the tee box and things like that. So, um, should see more of it. Yeah. And, and it's great. It's not amazing. It, yeah. yeah. It shouldn't no, be. Yeah. A, I mean, it sh- and you know, they do it so much that it's, yeah. It shouldn't be amazing with capital letters. I think you've made a good point. Thanks, mate. (laughs) I feel better now. (laughs) Let's get a break out of the way. Matty Griffin standing by is going to join us on Inside the Rope. Stowie Shaw to join us as well. The Golf Australia website is now the place to go to look up your handicap and so much more. Whether you're out and about on your phone or in the office trying to avoid work, just go to golf.org.au and punch your golf link number into the box at the top of the homepage. Who knows, maybe that last round was just good enough to put you in single figures. While you're on the site, check out the daily golf results at your club, view our course index for up-to-date ratings, read the latest golf news from home and abroad, listen Listen to Australian golf podcasts and interviews and watch video tournament highlights or tips to improve your game. It's everything a golf tragic could want. Visit golf.org.au today. The home of Australian golf. Welcome back to the show. Um, looking forward to enormously. Uh, anytime there's a big tournament in our neck of the woods, we look forward to it. And it's the 100th playing of the New Zealand Open coming up this week, which is uh, an outstanding um, longevity for a tournament that's obviously held in such high regard in the Southern Hemisphere and a man who knows what it's like to win the New, Ze- New Zealand Open did it back in 2016. Good friend of the program and everybody here at Inside the Ropes is Matthew Griffin and he's been good enough to join us on the show. Matty, thanks for your time, mate. No, th- thanks Thanks for having us. It's uh, great to be with you. Fond memories, 2016. It wasn't that many years ago, but along the way when, you know, you're looking to forge your way into the kind of professional game. That must have been a pretty significant moment for you. Yeah, it's a very special week. It's uh, any time you win a national open is a, is a great thing. And to do it in a, such a spectacular place as um, Queenstown, it always uh, brings back fond memories. What do you take? Is there any particular memories other than just how spectacular it is in that neck of the woods and what a joy it is to go for a walk around there, let alone play a game of golf? But are there any really sharp memories you have um, of the, your, your sort of transit through that Open that year, uh, which led to victory? Are there any moments within the tournament that you particularly remember? Yeah, I sort of, I really fondly remember the, the last hole having, we'd sort of sort of sloped it out with um, Tony Hara on the last two days and we had a had a fair break on the on the field and uh, I remember walking down the last hole and hitting a, hitting a shot into, into 18, which is a, a, such a spectacular here with the views around and and I uh, hit a great shot into about five, five, six feet, and, and the crowd went crazy. So I, I can still, when I when I think of that shot, I can almost feel the ball landing in the field that sort of went went through your body when it happened. So it's a it's a, it's a nice thing to reflect back on. 
have, you, have you been back down 18 since you returned to New Zealand this week, Matt? To, and when you go down there and stand on that hold, does that sort of feeling come back? Yeah, we actually we played 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 the hills yesterday and had that feeling walking down the fairway. And actually, as I, as I'm talking to you right now, I can I'm looking over the 18th hole, so I can sort of picture 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 it right right then and be nice to be there again on Sunday. That is one of the great. Um, places to sit and watch. I don't know you, you haven't done this because you've been playing all the time, but I must say having sat uh, on that in that spectator area there with the little mark, well, not the little, the marquee that they have down the right-hand edge uh, where your ball sort of flies past us on the way to That is one Did of the... Did commentate this one? Uh, no, no, no. I was just sitting there yeah. enjoying it. Um, <laughs> that is one of the great places, Matty, to watch the ball sort of bounce over the top of the ridge on 18 and then the second shot's into that. I imagine it was a that sort of back right pin in that little tucked out part of the green there, that little island in, in the green that they can, can kind of isolate there over on the right-hand edge. It's a really spectacular place to watch those balls fly in there. It is, yeah. They have the, their, their favourite Sunday pin is the back right, right-hand right corner, which creates some good drama. And, and it is. I mean, I don't think there's there's not many, if any, more spectacular 18th holes in golf to, to sit and watch. And, um it's a, it's a really it's it's a great hole as a fan just without the views and then you add the views it really it makes makes it even more even better. A great part of the world, Matty. I went over a couple of years ago and played Jack's Point. I wondered whether you'd done that because I recommend that to anyone who's listening today. Jack's Point. Yeah, Jack's Jack's Point's wonderful. I've I've played there a couple of times. It's it's, it's really spectacular with the views and and Queensland's really made itself a bit of a golfing destination during the summer. It's um, you've got the Hills, Jack's Point, Millbrook. They're building a second course at Millbrook, and then the hidden gems actually Arrowtown, oh, which is yes. sort of a more of a public course, no bunkers on it, but lots of different rocks and just a good. If you want to go out and have a fun, fun game of golf, at any any standard, Arrowtown's Arrowtown's a must. Well, good luck this week, Matty. Uh, I did want to ask you about the weekend. You you did some interesting tweeting about the rules of golf, and I was going to ask you how we think we're tracking with the rules of golf. But I sort of know the answer to my question. But <laughs> you're not that happy with it, are you? No, I think we're. I just think we're sort of missing the point a bit at the moment. With um, and I, 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 I totally understand rules. Rules are rules, and and what. Ricky Fowler dropping his ball from the wrong height was was he he made a mistake and and given that the rules of golf are what they are then then he's got to be penalised a shot but then when we turn around and you've got the LPGA basically saying what what the two girls did in 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 um, Thailand with uh, <clears throat> leaving the ball on the green and basically saying there's no no issue here was I just think we're kind of we're not. Not quite getting it right. Not not that I think what the girls did is it, it's happening too much on tour, and I don't think they deliberately did it. Um, but it is something that we kind of need to, I think, get out of get out of the game game of golf for sure. So, devil's advocate here, uh, the rule refers to collusion. Uh, that's the illegal part. So, to me, I looked at it and I thought, yeah, first first look, I thought it looked bad. Jatana Gunn looks up to. Amy and says, you know, as if to say, look, do you want me to mark it? And then she just stops dead. Uh, then the balls hit. And then they slapped hands afterwards, which wasn't a great idea at all. <laughs> but uh, was it collusion? I, I can sort of understand the LPGA looking at that going, well, is that really collusion? That They didn't really seem to speak. Um, I don't know. What do you think? Yeah. And I think, like, 
I, don't, I, don't, I personally don't think they should have been penalised because unfortunately it's something that's sort of crept into golf and um, it's hard to just go, okay, in this instance where it happens, it's probably happened a hundred times during the tournament where a ball was left on the green when it shouldn't have been. And it happens in men's events. It happens in groups that I've, that I've, I've seen. And, um, but I think what we need to do is change the culture around it. So my personal preference would have been to say the LPGA, we, we don't think there's an intent here, but we're going to talk to all of our players and say that in this instance, Aria should have gone and, and she should have marked her ball. And, and hopefully if we can, get less of it happening in the game, then it's it's better for golf. Another one that came to the forefront probably more last weekend with JB Holmes was slow play, Matt. You spent a lot of the year playing in Japan and Japan's got a reputation that rounds of golf on the Japan tour take four hours max and if you're five minutes over you're in big trouble and how exactly do they do they maintain that? How do the players enforce that? How does the tour enforce it? And what sort of things are happening? Like I heard a story last week that if you if you end up being two minutes off behind, you blokes are running up the fairways trying to catch up. Is that the sort of stuff that goes on in Japan to keep slow play uh, from being an issue? It is, yeah. The rules officials are really proactive and they get, as soon as you fall a touch out of position, the guys will need you to catch up. Um, and, and there's a culture there. It doesn't matter about what the tea, what, what the time allowed is. If you're a little bit behind the group in front or there's a group behind waiting, your expectation is to go a bit faster. So... Um, what we do in Japan is basically everyone hits their tee shot and then it's sort of a half half jog toward, to the fairway. So I guess it's a it's a good way to catch up that little bit of time. And um, I remember we played, for example, we played the last, last event of the year and we teed off for first group on, on Sunday. And um, we were through four holes and, and the rules official comes over. I felt we played pretty quickly. The rules official comes over and goes, guys, you've got to hurry up a bit. The group behind's waiting and... I thought I just I, I just I checked checked the time. We were actually after after four holes were seven minutes under the time allocated, and we're still being pushed. Whereas um, elsewhere, if you're seven minutes behind at that time, they're probably saying, "Oh, you're going all right." So it's a it's a great culture up there, and um, everyone just gets on with it. So it's um, good fun to play up there. What Matt? What should happen? What should happen to extreme cases? Not even extreme cases, just cases cases. <clears throat> Excuse me. What should happen in cases where players do get um, so far behind? What 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 do you think most pros would accept as legitimate, um, you know, kind of incursion from the rules officials? So I, I think it's the probably the rules official needs to get on a bit 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 quicker and 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 keep the group in that's that's behind up when it when they get a bit too far behind, it's then it, then it's hard to catch up. But what I'd like I'm, what I'd love to see is almost like a it's a bit like a traffic light system that I that I might have suggested on Twitter. As in, so it's o- over time. Everyone knows who the slow players are. Mm. We all we all know who who they are. We also know who the fast players are. Like you play with I play with Ryan Fox at the uh, Perth Super Six the other week, and Ryan is probably the fastest player That's in the world. So you quicker give, than Matty Jones. I'd give him a green. Quicker than Matty Jones. He's probably quicker than Matty Jones. <laughs> I, I, there's no one faster. He's, they're they're both very good. So you give you give guys like that, they're they're a green light. So basically, you never go on the clock because you you're really good. Then everyone else who's in the middle, they can be like yellow. If the group's a bit out of position, we're going to time you. And then you also then you have your red guys. That might be a JB Holmes or a Ben Crane or those type of guys that basically 
whenever you're in that position, you're always on the clock. So whenever whenever if rules officials around, you get timed. And if, if, if you can play a bit faster, then we'll take you off that red, being a red person and you become a yellow. And then if you're a really good yellow, you can go to green. So I think a bit more direct action that just gets, gets on top of the slow guys that are slow every week and put pressure on the guys that are generally fast that are... Because essentially, these slow, slow players are saying, I deserve to have more time than you do to hit mm. shot, which, is, which isn't fair. So. Uh, this is a heavily loaded question, Maddie, <laughs> on a totally different topic. Uh, what are the players hearing about? Now, you played in the uh, Perth Super 6. Uh, what are the players hearing about the future of that event? And I also wanted to ask you what they're hearing about the Fiji International. Are they going to go on? Are they going, you know, is Perth going somewhere else? What, what are you hearing? Um, I haven't heard a huge amount, but I, I, I think given that nothing's been confirmed for next year, that's always, for me, always doesn't doesn't necessarily sound great. I'm sure the hopefully the tour is working pretty hard, which I'm, I'm sure they are, to to ensure that they, they go forward. But I don't think at this stage there's any, any word on um, anything happening. So I think the tour is working pretty hard to try and make that happen. But as you know, we're in a pretty hard golfing market at the moment. So fingers crossed they can get something to happen. Yeah, and when do you head? Uh, other than focusing on what's in front of you right now, long term or a bit longer term for 2019, when do you head back up to Japan? What's your schedule looking like up there? So a bit of time off after this week, and then we go. Japan starts the week after the US Masters, so um, yeah, head up there for a good stint, which would be um, which would be which would be great. Love love playing up there, and. Um, yeah, always uh, can't wait to get back. And just a real broad brush one, last one, your form. You, you've been so consistent the last kind of 15 to 16 months. There's not that many missed cuts along the way. Is this – you, are you finding – do you believe that you're in a kind of a vein of form at the moment where um, you feel like you're teeing it up most weeks and a chance to contend? Is that where you're finding yourself, do you think? Yeah, definitely. I feel – uh, I feel like even through Vic, Vic, Vic Open and in Perth, I felt like my forms forms great. Just hasn't hasn't quite worked out for the for the for the weekends there, and um, but really feel like I'm playing some really consistent golf. So if I keep doing that, I'm sure there'll be um, some good result good results along the way, and um, definitely probably really feel like I'm probably playing the best golf of my career. So hopefully, uh, it. Um, yeah, some exciting times ahead in the next 12 months, hopefully. Be a lot of people happy to see that, mate. Uh, good luck this weekend. Uh, we absolutely appreciate you joining us on the show. You're always really generous with your time. Uh, thanks, you, thanks for being part of it, and we'll speak to you soon. Thanks for having us. Good on you. Matthew Griffin, who wins the New Zealand Open back in 2016, and the 100th time they'll be teeing it up in the great golf championship of that magnificent nation. Uh, let's hope that he's there when the whips are cracking on Sunday afternoon. Uh, we'll get a break out of the way here on Inside the Ropes. Um, Doey Choi going to join us on the other side of the break amongst a few other bits and pieces. We'll uh, be back soon. Hi, I'm Minji Lee and I'm proud to be an ambassador for MyGolf, Australian Golf's National Junior Program. One of my favourite things about coming back to Australia is seeing all the kids getting into golf. My golf is every Aussie kid's first step on their golfing pathway. It's all about fun and friendship, learning golf and life skills in a safe and healthy environment. Sir, if your child is between 5 and 12 years old, be sure to find a program near you at mygolf.org.au.
Welcome back to the show. Um, one of the things we love doing here on Inside the Ropes is shining a light on uh, the young Australian players well, and the not-so-young Australian players who continue to represent so very, very well. Hashtag golden era is something that we like to take very seriously on um, on this show, and it can very much apply to our next guest. And uh, she's been good enough to interrupt the practice round uh, for us in Canberra, having had a fantastic week at Bonville last week. Dowie Choi has been good enough to join us on Inside the Ropes. Dowie, thanks for your time. That's all right. How are you going? Yeah, good. Tied Australia's Australian Ladies Classic last week at Bonville. Uh, that must have felt pretty nice. Yeah, it was an awesome feeling. Hey, Dowie, uh, it's Blakey here. Did you, I thought you were going to win that at one stage on the last day. Did you jump up maybe even into the lead or, or close yeah. to it? I think I was um, leading by one after t- uh, 10 holes. And what happened the last round? What happened after that? Because Marion um, Scarpnord ended up winning, right? Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just had. I think I had had two bad holes, um, and it was pretty much just two shots that really costed me um, in the whole round. But um, otherwise, I played really solid out there. Didn't take a peek at a leaderboard, did you? By any chance? Is that was that one of the things oh. you did? <laughs> <laughs> no, I. Um, so I was on the 12th hole and there was a leaderboard um, towards the 13th where you drive past and I saw a quick glimpse and I was in the tide for the lead at, I think, 7 under. And um, it didn't really phase me at all. I just tried to play my own game um, and I managed to par the 13th and then 14th was where I made um, my double what led to that? What was the what was the shot that started the uh, the drama for you on fourteen that went wrong? <laughs> um, I uh, I was in the middle of the fairway for my third, which was a par five, and wind was into coming from the left, and I just got a little bit steep on it and just went long left into the water, and then it was a difficult up and down, so. I just two-putted and walked off with a double. <laughs> yeah, last we talk about that. We won't mention it yeah. again. Dowie, it's Justin. <laughs> you um obviously playing in one of the final groups in a big professional event. You played the previous two weeks of the Vic Open and the Women's Oz Open as well. But what was it like playing uh, on the in the pointy end pretty much on Sunday afternoon in groups with professional players around you? How do you think you handled that? Um, It was really fun. I mean, I really enjoyed having so many members and um, a lot of people out there watching and I really liked having all the cameras there. I mean, it was a little bit nervous at first, but I just went out there to have fun. So I really um, enjoyed the whole experience and um, just pretty much took it all in and I and I loved it. You like having the cameras out there. I've spoken to another <laughs> New South Welshman a few times, Blake Windred, who you're obviously very yeah. familiar with. He he said the same thing last year in Singapore at the Asian Amateur. It was the first time he'd had the cameras following him, and he it just sort of got him really excited. And knowing that people were watching, and it sort of drove him to play a lot better. Is that sort of thing that happened with you as well? Yeah, I mean, um, you kind of you kind of can't really think about it, but it's like pretty much in your face and stuff. So you just <laughs> it's really hard not to think about it. But I think having it there sort of made you feel a little bit. Um, Felt, felt like you had to be a bit more professional. I think that that's what helped as well. 
Darby, you've got some uh, big stuff coming up, big amateur tournaments coming up. You've got the Queen's Circuit Cup at Glenelg Golf Club in Adelaide next week, I believe. You're in the uh, team for that. And then later on in yeah. April, you, you've made the six-woman uh, team for the Asia-Pacific Amateur, which is a massive mm. deal with Julian Sue, Grace Kim, Becky Kay, uh, Madison Hinson-Tolshard and Steph Kiriakou um, with, yeah. with the – the big carrot at the end of that that they offer two two professional major starts to the winner of that event, yeah. like a bit like the the men's awesome. event. Yeah, so you've got some big stuff coming up. Are, are you tired mm-hmm. at all, and are you excited about those those things? I, I am getting a little exhausted, but you know, I'm doing what I love, so I'm really excited, and I can't wait to go away and travel with the girls. And not really about the end prize I guess for me it's really just going out there and representing my country and um, having fun with the girls and doing what I love doing and doing my best so yeah I'm really excited to go away. And you obviously when you're going on that trip to Japan you'll be playing as Blakey said as part of sort of Team Australia but next week in Adelaide for the Queen's Circuit you really are playing as a team, uh, there's three of you. It's yourself, Steph Kiriakou and Julianne. You are representing Australia. Is that something that's mm-hmm. something you'd thought about might happen, you know, this young in your career? Because um, a lot of the weeks, you're obviously, when you're playing overseas, you are playing under the Australian flag, but next week you really are playing as a team for Australia. Is that something you're looking forward to? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's something that I've been wanting to do ever since I was a kid and when I first started playing golf. So having this opportunity is a great honour and um gonna take every moment of it and enjoy every every bit of it and do you know much about this queen surrogate there's been 12 uh tournaments and 11 have been won by the koreans so <laughs> you'd have to say they're probably going favorites you obviously know the japanese girls that'll be coming over pretty well they'd send a big crew over for the oz amateur that was uh last month at woodlands and spring valley um mm-hmm. so i'm assuming you'll know your competition sort of well but how do you think you and steph and julian are placed going into next week um, I think the competition isn't going to be easy um, just because there's so many top players coming from all around the world. But being in our home country, I think we have a little bit of an advantage. And um, I think, um, well, I know Steph and I have played that golf course a few times so and we feel pretty confident and comfortable. So I think we'll just have to give it our best shot. <laughs> and you're out there with one of our team members, Stacey Peters, um, right yep. now. Is she mm-hmm. is she around here? She's mostly a positive influence. How's mm-hmm. how's she how's she um, in terms of uh, helping you get through uh, the uh, navigating and plotting your way around the course at the moment? What 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 advice has she got for you? Oh, she's awesome. Um, her husband Daz is out here too, so we're just having a good time, um, making a few plans for the week and um, course manager management and stuff and she's done a lot for the girls so I mean she's without her we couldn't have any of this so she's, she's awesome. a ripper she's a beauty yeah <laughs> hey Doe you're you're only just turned 19 I think you had your birthday during the women's open um, when yeah. when do you think you might turn pro Ooh. as a result like last week kind of uh, indicate to you that you maybe it, it's nearly time um, yeah, I mean, I'm definitely considering it and, um, I played really great last week, so it gave me a little bit of an indication where I am against some of the big names, but, um, hopefully within the next one or two years, I'll turn pro and be up there. 
Keep going. Uh, it's a joy to watch you play. Your golf was terrific to see uh, how tight you got it uh, in there at Bonville. And uh, next time, um, you know, it, it, might, it might be a completely different uh, thing when you get to that kind of into that contention mode. Thanks for joining us. Uh, enjoy it up Thanks, in Canberra guys. and uh, good luck with everything in front of you. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Good on you. Doey Choi joining us. There's a name to put in the little black book. She's um, a beauty, isn't she? Justin? Hashtag golden era. She's, she's a great character one. apart from being a plus five marker, if you don't mind. Yeah, she's <laughs> great. And we've, there's a bunch of girls uh, that are playing. Uh, we've got the, as you mentioned, those six girls that are going to go to, over to Japan and they're all super talented and they're all good friends and they spend a lot of time together at the Am and in state series as years gone by. So, and Doey's really emerged as one of the leading ones uh, at the moment. So, yeah. Speaking of the bright young lights, just before we wrap it up, um, we spoke about Minwoo Lee uh, last week and we spoke about his sister at the start of the show. Uh, it does look like there is going to be more of an emphasis now. I think that looks like they've made this decision, haven't they, that they're going to um, target Europe more than maybe heading back to America. So he's playing the Oman mm. Open this week on the European Tour. Uh, he gets a start there because he was in the top five in the Perth Super 6, which was also part of Europe. So... Uh, Justin knows more about this than me because he's actually had some contact with Minwoo about it. But my understanding is he doesn't need all that much more to get a full European card, a bit like Lucas Herbert last mm. year. Justin? Mm. Yeah, yeah. He, um, I was just messaging him and he, we were trying to get him on the show, but next next week's looking more like a possibility, so fingers crossed. Yeah, that's good. Um, he Effectively, he outlined to me he needs 420 race to Dubai points. Now, I went back and looked at what last year's race to Dubai because often it goes off how – you finished the previous year, and it was in the millions. So I think they've changed the the points <laughs> system this year. <laughs> we might need to get Keith on the blower and get him to explain it to us. But <laughs> it's 420 points this year. At the moment, he's 29th, and he's already got 276 from three events. So obviously the first event he played in the Middle East, and he missed the cut, uh, and then finished fourth in Saudi Arabia, and he said he got more than 200 points. So more than half the job got done from that one event in Saudi Arabia, and then getting knocked out in the quarters at the World Super 6, he made another 60-odd points there. So he's on 276, needs to get to 420. Uh And normally there's a seven-event limit, but he said he needs about $80,000 more money to be eligible for more than seven invites. So if he can get up 80 80 grand more... He'll be able to play more than seven events, but you'd hope by seven events, he's already played three, so four to go, that mm. he should be able to get to 420 points anyway. This is what we were talking about last week, wasn't exactly. it? Exactly. In the sense that he, he should do that. Like, he declined the Vic Open because he was going to play in a web.com event because mm. he was going down the American track. And I, I can sort of understand that because he's obviously a, a sister who lives there, so he's got somewhere he can go and base himself if he can get get going in America. But this is too good to No, oh, you think about if he if he – I reckon if they had the time, I don't know this at all. I don't know any of the people, but I reckon if they had the time over again, they would have gone and played at 13th, not taken the trip over to America. Um, you yeah. Never know. You know, I reckon that's just the way they would have, the, the rain they would have pulled if they had their time over again. I think obviously these, those sorts of plans are fluid and you need to be able to change those things, but he committed, I think, to playing over there and... Yeah, I'm not sure what the right thing to do. But you're right. Stuff. Um, yeah. Justin, we, we watched him quite closely over a number of years. I mean, a, a few years ago, he's the US junior champion. So everyone in the game knew that Minwoo was good. Um, but are, are you surprised by how well he's done straight away in the pros? It's almost like he's where he be- he feels like he's where he belongs. And it's by, like his results are probably better than, you know, better than what, what the latter part of his amateur career was. You know, like, like it's almost like he was almost bored or something and waiting <laughs> right. waiting to get to the next level and all of a sudden just whoosh. It wouldn't 
I wouldn't sit here and say that I wasn't surprised by how he's done, but if you'd said he's going to have back-to-back top tens on, in Europe, like that's it's been amazing. Yeah, incredible. But no, no one who's seen Min come up in the last few years didn't think just the way he plays as well and the shots you know he can hit. Uh, he's yeah, he's unreal, and yeah, it's it's no surprise to see him doing this sort of stuff. But that's yeah. it. We're done. Anything else before we get out of here? Uh, just watch out for a, a big announcement next week relating to Aussie golf clubs and the way that they handle their business. It, it's going to cause some interest next Tuesday. Oh, well, I'm not going to say any more. Gee whiz. Talk about burying the lead. No, I can't. You got really, a lot of newspaper, man. You I should, can't, that should be on the front page, I can't whatever tell you that now, is. I'm just giving you a little taste. Oh, I've got, just before we go, I've just, it's a big year. It's obviously, it fires up now, the men's game, uh, the major season. The players has come forward to March. Uh, it's pretty much from now, the next six months is, yeah. it's all the big events, serious stuff. We always say, oh, he'll win a major one day. Oh, he'll get one. He'll, Rory will win a Masters. I just think, I was just thinking the other day, and this goes to your point about world number ones. It's a big year for so many players this year. <laughs> and if you sit, if we're sitting here in one year's time, what if these players haven't won a major? What if Rory doesn't win a major this mm-hmm. year? And he's yeah. sort of maybe bobbles around the rankings and doesn't get one. They're going to get harder and harder to win. Especially with Rory, I think it's interesting because of the Masters, everyone says, oh, he'll win one. Yep. F- you only get so many chances. At, mm. like, he's already had like six good chances. And last year he was in the final group with Patrick Reed, and people said, oh, he'll win one eventually. I don't know if you get another go. Mm. What about Ricky Fowler? What if he doesn't win a major this year? Yeah. Jason Day? Oh, yeah. And Justin Rose was the other one. Well, Jason's starting to play a bit better, but uh, he's okay. not, not playing much at all. Who's moment. most likely out of those four to win one this year? I would say Justin Rose. Rose is number one in the world. I would say Rose is mostly. So, I think I would, if you said to me, going back to the conversation mm. we had right at the top of the show, I think Justin Rose is a much better player. Oh, no, sorry, not much better. I think Justin Rose is a better golfer than yep. Dustin Johnson. That's true, but <laughs> I think he's a better golfer. You don't rate Johnson. No, That's I do. Made no, no, clear. no, no. Of course, I rate him, but I just think he's a. <laughs> I just think he relies on, like what I said at the start, just absolute power. Mm. And and I, I know he's got more to it. So don't 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 You're hammer a me. Putter. I know he's got. You don't win it just by hitting it a long way. Otherwise, that bloke that Min Woo played with at the Australian Open three years ago would have had ten majors, the world's longest hitter, and win golf yeah. tournaments. Clearly, you got to be have more to it than that. But Jamie Sadlowski, is that that's the one. Yeah, yeah. I think we couldn't remember his name last week. Jamie Sadlowski. There yeah. is. But well just Justin Rose. A bit. Do you disagree or disagree? Justin Rose is a better player than Dustin Johnson. Agree or disagree? Oh, I can't make a call on that. Oh, no, I'm why not? What's wrong with you? Oh, what if the golf channel rang you? If the golf channel rang you, you'd make a call. <laughs> I guess I'd have to. They're I'm still waiting for their call, Andy. <laughs> My phone. I've just got it right in front. Right of me. Well, at, okay. at inside the ropes, who's a better player? Give us your feedback. If you can only have the game, if you only have the one, best right now. Yeah, out of Justin Rose, but or a month Dustin Johnson. A month ago, no one would say. Like a month ago, Rose had just won in. Uh, where was it? Somewhere. I've Indonesia. Maybe. Yeah, somewhere. And then DJ rattles off wins in Saudi and on the yeah, weekend. No, no. no, look, he's not. I'm, we're very, we're at the very pointy end. Uh, we, we're, we're at the very pointy end of the game having this what discussion. What about T Woods? Well, what's the question? Is he the best player in no. the world? We might be saying that soon. Who knows? Well, he nearly won a major last year. He got closer to winning a major last year than if he wins the Masters. Than Day Fowler. 
Rose. Uh, Rose and... Rory was close at the Masters. But yeah, yeah. Also not close. It was gone by the turn. Well, there so, you go. So Tiger got closer than Rory. I think the rankings are pretty spot on at the moment, aren't they? Like Rose at number one. Johnson's just jumped up to number Kepka, two. Kepka, though? Oh, we haven't even talked no, about Kepka. No, so... It's amazing. Yeah, you, you always forget Kepka, but in majors, Kepka. Watch out for Kepka. We could keep going, couldn't we, for a while, but people are probably uh, wanting this conversation to stop because it's highly circular. Um, Justin Falconer, good to see you. Thanks, Murray. Uh, Martin Blake, good, good to Murray. see you. Um, and thanks to you lot out there for tuning in again. We'll be back to do it all again the same time next week on Inside the Ropes.